Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And um, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Um, we're going to be continuing looking at this little passage of Scripture um, where Paul is speaking to the church. And at the beginning of 2 Corinthians 6, specifically in verse 2, was the sort of the theme passage for Vision Sunday. And the theme for our Vision Sunday this year is, now is the time. This is where Paul, speaking to the church, reminds them, remember when the prophet Isaiah said this? Well, hey, this is that moment now. Now is the time. Now is the favorable time of salvation. Now is when God had decided that it would be pleasing to him that salvation would go forth from heaven to earth and that people would experience God. So we're going to continue uh, reading it, but I want to take it a little bit further today. I'm going to go back and read verse 1 and take it through to verse 11. Here we go. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Paul says, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found in our ministry. But as servants of God, everybody say servants of God. We commend ourselves in every way by great Endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love. By truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we, treated, we are treated as impostors yet are true, as unknown yet well known as dying and behold, we live as punished and not yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making rich. I love this, as having nothing yet possessing everything. I just want to stop for a moment and say, hey, if you have Jesus, you have everything. And whilst the world might say you possess nothing, if you have Jesus living in your heart, you have everything you need. In verse 11, he says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, our heart is wide open. I love that. Wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. I guess if you're looking for a title today, it's simply this, Deeper Still Part 2. Okay? Deeper Still Part 2. Come on, let's pray together. Why don't you grab your spouse's hand? Let's believe right now. Every time we receive the Word of God, that's what we should believe. We should believe that God's going to speak to us, okay, because we're receiving His Word. And God is such a loving Father. He's always wanting to talk to you. He's always wanting to speak to you. So let's pray. God, we thank You right now, Lord, that we want to go deeper. And we know, Father, that now is the time You're always willing to take us to a deeper place. So God, we thank You for that. God, we pray in Jesus' name this morning that You'd come into our hearts in a new way, fill us afresh. Holy Spirit, help us to live the life we're called to live. God, we can't do this without you. 
Otherwise, it would be in our strength. And that's just futile. It's nothingness. It's a waste of time. So God, I just ask right now that you would come into our lives, that you would speak to us, that you would help us, that you'd fill us, that you'd shape us, God, into the people you called us to be. Father, we thank you for it. We believe for it. We have faith for it. And we pray for colonial kids, God. We thank you for the next generation that's being built and shaped and molded and called, God, into this holy life called serving you in Jesus' name. And we all said together, online, we all said together, that was for the online people. So last week I talked about spiritual depth. By the way, wasn't it awesome to wake up with little cool attempts today? Putting on my jacket, you know? So I see all you and your, your knits, your sweaters. But it felt good, didn't it? I love down here, it's like the opposite of up north, you know? It's like we're, we're looking to get a break from the heat. <laughs> up there looking for a break from the snow. Anyway, I don't know why I talked about the weather. I'm just, I guess I'm just so happy about it. There's a joy in the, inside of me right now. All right, so last week I talked about spiritual depth. Going deeper, what does it look like? Well, spiritual depth, I felt like the Lord really reminded me in my quiet time as I was preparing for that message last week. He said that spiritual depth comes from humility before me. That if we want to go to a deeper level in our walk with the Lord, we've got to understand the power of humility and how hum- humility, Scripture says that literally God graces the humble, clothes the humble, but He resists the, the proud. He stays away from, he puts distance between he and pride. And how pride has an amazing way of keeping us shallow. Pride has an amazing way of keeping you just in the little shallow pool of yourself, where you've been and what you've been doing and how well you know it and how good you are at it. But humility is something powerful, something changes with humility. Because we begin to receive from God, we get up close and personal, we go deeper with God. So I talked about spiritual depth, how humility is so important. Then I talked about how spiritual depth comes from discipline. That truly spiritual, spiritually deep people are truly disciplined people. And then understand the disciplines that come with this walk. And disciplined people make great disciples of Jesus. And I talked about spiritual keys. Um, do you remember what they were? Silence and solitude. What a great pairing that we can use that are just straight, such great rhythms for us as believers, but silence and solitude. When's the last time you practiced a little bit of solitude? Jesus had a rhythm in his life, his earthly ministry, his time on this earth. Jesus, the Son of God, showed us that solitude's vital. It says that he would get away to a desolate place. What about you? Some other ones, just to recap, was prayer, the power of prayer, understanding, man, when it comes to relationships, any relationships get need some level of communication. And why is it any different when it comes to God? If anything, it's more important than any other relationship we have. Communication is vital. And for us as believers, that's prayer. Um, Then reading, understanding the power of reading God's Word, getting into the Word every single day. How often do you eat? How much do you eat? Personal question. I'm talking spiritually. How much do you eat? How much food are you getting? So silent, solitude, prayer, reading, and then listening, which is my favorite part. Letting this mystery of our relationship with God and 
our relationship with him, begin, he begins to speak to you and isolate verses to you and illuminate things in his word to you. And something, you want, something I didn't mention last week, but one of the things I love about listening to what God is saying to me is I'll read something in the Word, it'll, it'll be isolated to me. I'll be like, man, that's, that's definitely God is speaking to me. And then someone in my life will say something that lines up with what I've read. And it's powerful when we understand that in this relationship that we have with God, that He speaks to us as we listen to Him and then outworking that in the doing. So going a little bit further today, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says something remarkable He says, our work as God's servants, this is in the message paraphrase, gets validated or not in the details. And then he goes into some detail about how working as God's servants looks sometimes like this, endurance, hardships, calamities, things that are a little bit tough. And I just want to start with point number one. If you're taking notes this morning, we're going to keep going here. Spiritual depth. You ready? Spiritual depth comes with faithfulness. Write that down. Faithfulness. You know, the currency of heaven is not dollars. It's not euros. It's not pesos. It's faithfulness. Why? Because God has issued faithfulness to you and me. You know, there's nothing that God has ever, nothing that you've ever done that's been initiated. Everything that that has ever happened, God has initiated, and we respond to that. Okay? So how do we respond to God's love? How do we respond to God's grace? How do we respond to God's forgiveness? How do we respond to salvation and what God has done in our lives? We respond with faithfulness. But it's faithfulness in our lives that takes us to a deeper level with God. Faithfulness, or I like to think about it simply, but showing up sometimes is what faithfulness is. Showing up for it. Showing up for church, showing up for quiet time, showing up for um, the things of God. Showing up and then re-showing up. And being consistent with your love and your service to God. Serving God was never meant to be easy, but it's always worth it. See, this is something we're going to be really careful in this generation. We don't preach a message or a style of Christianity that's like, hey, everything's just going to feel good all the time. And that, 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 that everything that you do when it comes to church and the things of God, it's always just going to be like. It's not always going to be easy. But that's the point. And sometimes we run away because it feels like it's not that easy, but that's actually the whole point because it's in the not so easy that we cling to God and we say, God, I need you. And we're faithful. It's not always easy, but it's worth it. I talked last week about this book that's just kind of required reading for our team and our staff. It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. We're going to have it in the, in the storehouse soon. Um, but maybe that resonated with you and you've already, uh, already picked it up. But in that book, Donald Whitney talks about serving and how serving, it's not always easy. And he shares this story. I want to read it to you about the Pony Express. Okay, it's a little Sunday morning story time. Okay, so stay with me. But he says this about the Pony Express. And I think it's just a great story when it comes to what we're talking about this morning. He says, if it's been gone for more than a century. Yet if it wasn't for TV commercials, more people probably would have heard of the Pony Express than a Federal Express. The Pony Express was a private express company that carried mail by an organized relay of horseback riders. 
The eastern end was Missouri and the western end was Sacramento, California. The cost of sending a letter by Pony Express was $2.50 an ounce. That's pretty expensive just to send a letter. If the weather and horses held out and the Indians held off, that letter would complete the entire 2,000-mile journey in a speedy 10 days, as did the report of Lincoln's inaugural address. It may surprise you that the Pony Express was only in operation from April 1860 until November 1861, just 17 months, when the telegraph line was completed between those two cities, the service was no longer needed. But here's the point. Being a rider in the Pony Express was a really tough job. You were expected to ride 75 to 100 miles a day, changing horses every 15 to 25 miles. Other than the mail, the only baggage you were allowed to carry contained just a few provisions, including a kit of flour, cornmeal, and bacon. The bacon I can understand. I'm all about, I'm with with them on the bacon. So random, bacon. In case of danger, you also had to pack a medical pack of turpentine, borax, and cream of tartar in order to travel light and to increase speed during mobility during any attacks, the men always rode in shirt sleeves, even during the fierce winter weather. But how you would recruit volunteers for this hazardous job was really interesting. In 1860, a San Francisco newspaper printed an ad that said this, Wanted, young, skinny, wiry fellows not over 18. (laughs) Must be expert riders willing to risk daily. Listen to this. Orphans preferred. They were the honest facts of the service required to be part of the Pony Express. But listen to this, as Donald Whitney says, they never had a shortage of riders. And this is how he concludes and why the story is so important. We need to be honest with the facts about the discipline of serving God. Like the Pony Express, serving God is not a job for the casually interested. It's actually a costly service. He asks for your life. He asks for service to him to become a priority, not a pastime. He doesn't want servants who who will give him the leftovers of their life's commitments. Serving God isn't a short-term responsibility either. And unlike the Pony Express, his kingdom will never go under, no matter how technological our world gets. This is how we go deeper. We understand the power of serving. And I just got to say it because people make decisions for Christ in our church every single week. And so there are new Christians in here. And I just want to say this to you, serving God is the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's not always easy, but it's worth it. And it will cost you. And there will be moments where you say to yourself, man, this is hard. That's the point. That's the whole point, because that's where you need God. Spiritual depth comes from faithfulness. Showing up, showing up again, understanding, yeah, okay, it's not always going to feel easy. It's not always going to be... Um, you know, Coke and Skittles. Another great pairing. But it's not always going to be easy. But it's always worth it. And that's how depth comes. This is how we go deeper. We need to see the need for faithfulness to God in our everyday lives. I love you. You could write this thought down. We don't live according to our feelings. We live according to our God-given convictions. That's a great way to live your life. Could you imagine if you lived your life based on feelings? My kids would only go to school one day a week. Just kidding. 
But could you imagine if we lived our lives according to our feelings? Imagine if I only brought the message when I felt like it. What kind of church would we have? Imagine if Berm only jumped and led us up here on the stage in praise and worship when he only felt like it. Imagine what church would look like if we didn't have the generals and the parking lot at the gate welcoming us into church every single week. Imagine if they only did that when they felt like it. We've got to live according to our God-given convictions. And faithfulness is one of those. What would our Christianity look like without faithfulness, consistency, showing up, being there, staying a little later, getting in a little earlier, pressing in, like the Apostle Paul says? Why is faithfulness to God so important? Why does God regard it as important? Why is it important in the Word? Why do we see it all the time? Well, this is why. Because it expresses our heart towards God. It's about now, once you become a believer and you get a revelation of Jesus Christ and how great it is to be saved and how incredible it is to be absolutely wrecked by the mercy of God, when you have that revelation, when it, when it dawns on you, it becomes all about what pleases God now. I've said this before, but you get to a place where you're just like, okay, I realize it's not about me anymore. See, before I met Jesus, it was about me. Like, it was about me. It was about what I wanted to do. It was about what I'm all about. It was about how much money I could make. It was about how good a life I could live. And now I realize, man, it has got nothing to do with me anymore. It's all about service to Him. Can I get an amen in church on a Sunday morning? This is faithfulness. This is the power of faithfulness. And I want us to, as a church to understand spiritual depth that comes from our willingness and our understanding and the conviction in our hearts. That being faithful to God is a way we please God, and so we will serve Him. Serving God comes from the overflow of my love for Him. Listen to me. This is so important to get this morning. This is the burden for the message. I don't serve the Lord because I have to. I serve the Lord because I love Him and I want to. That's serving God. And if you feel like serving God is just like, I, I need to go and work I need to go to church and work. Can I just encourage you? Like, thank you for, for helping us out, but that's not the spirit of serving in our church. The spirit of serving in our church is just like, man, are you kidding me? I would be here no matter what. I would be here no matter what the job was, whatever the task looked like. That's serving God. And through that posture and through that understanding, that revelation, I believe spiritual depth comes to believers. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10, this is what Paul says, this is for, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Listen to what it says in the message. Do I speak this strongly in order to manipulate crowds or curry favor with God or get popular applause? If my goal was popularity, I love, I love the way Eugene Peterson says it in the message. says, I wouldn't bother being Christ's slave. That's what Paul's saying. Paul says, voluntarily, I put myself under his lordship because I love him so much. That's faithfulness. That's serving God. It's a, I want to. It's not a, I have to. 
I remember when, when I, f- I first met Jesus, started to spend a lot of time in church. I've said this before, but I'd spend basically five days a week or five evenings a week at church. There was always something on, and it was just, it was fantastic. I feel like that's sort of what's beginning to happen now in our church. Basically, there's something going on in our church every single night of the week, pretty much. I call it colonial nights. There's something happening here every single night, church. I love it, even when I'm just passing by, taking the kids to baseball or whatever, and I look over and see all the cars in the, uh, here. I just think it's amazing. It's fantastic. But I, I started to just show up all the time and then just showed up all the time and showed up all the time. And this is what happened is I realized, man, I'm actually sold out for God now. And I heard that term when I first got saved. I was just like sold out. People are saying, oh, people are sold out for Jesus. Oh, that's, that's cool. I kind of get it. I don't really understand it. And then I started to live it. And this is what I came to realize is, as I went through it, I look back at my life, I was like, man, my life has really changed. But it came from faithfulness and a desire to serve God, and it transformed your life. Sold out means just to show up, and showing up turns into being sold out. Transformation happens through faithfulness. Let's never underestimate the power of being a people who just show up, who are just faithful. Time and time again to be in and around the things of God. Maybe this is what you need to hear this morning. Maybe it's time for you to start honoring Jesus with your time and your effort. And really, this has not got nothing to do with the church being like something to you or saying something to you. This is really between you and God. Only you know what faithfulness looks like to you. As you read the scriptures, as you spend time with the Lord in prayer, you'll understand what God is saying to you. You'll understand the leading, the impressing, the way God is is pushing you in a certain direction and faithfulness is simply responding to Him. But as we do that, as we continue to do that, depth comes. I just want to say as well, if that's something that, that, that sort of resonates with you, maybe convicts you a little bit, this is what I'd love for you to do. On our Colonial app, download the app and the very front page, as you scroll down, you'll see probably the third or fourth tab down there. It says, sign up for Dream Team. And if you feel like this is resonating, you need to just maybe jump on a team and be a part of our team and be here. And in terms of faithfulness, responding to what God is doing in your heart, a practical way would be to go to that app and just sign up and we'll give you something to do. That's something that you know about our church is there's something for everybody to do here. Okay, and we need many hands to make Sundays happen and midweek happen, and we've got a place for you. And if you're thinking they probably don't have something for me to do, this is me saying we definitely have something for you to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Spiritual depth comes from faithfulness. Number two, spiritual depth comes with surrender. Surrender. So faithfulness, it's the showing up, it's the it's the consistency. It's the being present. It's like saying, God, even though it doesn't feel good, I'm going to be there. If it doesn't feel good, I'm going to show up for my time with you. Consistency and showing up and going through the process of responding to what God is saying and being faithful. But then there's also this other part of the journey going deeper called surrender. Because in every single season that we walk through as believers, there is always some measure, some element of surrender. I love the spiritual picture that we see when we raise hands in, in worship in church. And maybe you're new to our church and you're like, man, why do these people raise their hands? You know, like, what, what's the deal with that? I remember walking into the church for the first time and being like, these people are weird. <laughs> for real. I didn't grow up in church. 
I remember walking in the first time and looking around and being like, okay. Somebody call some people because there's people that are crazy in here. I didn't know. Can I be honest in church? Is that, is that okay? I remember walking in and just being like, man, this is crazy, but this is what I learned about it. And as I learned to study it, as I understood it in the Word, is lifting my hands to the Lord is actually a universal sign of surrender. By the way, God loves our hands. It's in Scripture. He loves our hands raised. But here's what you need to understand. When you lift your hands in worship, it's a natural picture of your core being exposed. It's the same spiritually. As you lift your hands in worship, you're saying, God, you can have all of me. You can have the very best of me. You can have my heart, God. You can have my soul, Lord. You can have everything of me. I'm yours. Spiritual depth comes from surrender, offering up to God. Let me show you one of the most powerful scriptures that hits me about this, that I love it. And Jill actually reminded of me this morning. It's in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, listen to it, which is your spiritual worship. This is the thing we've got to understand is if we want to go deeper as a church, if you're in here today and you're like, in earnest, I want to go deeper, God, can I just encourage you with your life, there is going to be a measure of surrender. There is going to be a measure of saying, God, I surrender this thing to you, this thing that is getting in the way, this thing that maybe is trying to get in between you and me, Lord, I surrender it to you. I give it to you. This relationship, this job, this career, this thing that I'm all about right now, this obsession I have, whatever it looks like, there is a measure of surrender and surrender the best part about it is just saying God I just I'm sorry I give it to you this relationship that I've allowed to get to this place that I know is not healthy and is now getting in the way God I just say it's yours this money that I've been staring at as an idol I've been looking at I've been getting comfortable with that I've been allowing to Get in the way of you and me, God, I just say to you right now, I surrender. Surrender is a lifestyle for us as believers. Surrender is a way that we live. We are surrendered people, listen to me, continually surrendering. I remember my friend Chris Durso, who's an amazing guy who preaches up in Queens, New York. Pray for him. Another New York joke. Um, That died completely. (laughs) But he said this, he says, I try to preach every single message finishing with surrender. The finish line of every message I try to preach, it ends with surrender. Why? Because we are people that just are called to continually surrender our lives. And how do you do that? Because you could see this message and be like, oh, my spiritual, it's a spiritual worship. Romans chapter 12 is just like, okay, okay, a, a continual sacrifice. That's my spiritual worship. Well, I want to show you this other verse. You throw it up there. It's in Proverbs. It says, son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. When it comes to surrender, can I just encourage you? Ground zero of surrender in your life and my life, it's our hearts. 
And it's from this place in our hearts that things come out. It's this place in our heart that we start to speak. It's this place in our heart where we treasure up the deepest things and hold on to the deepest things and hope for the deepest things. And if you want to go deeper, if you want to surrender, can I just encourage you, just go straight to the source, the place where, you, where it all begins, which is in our hearts. Would you stand with me? I want to take a moment. I want to pray, and then I'm going to have Pastor Chris come up in a moment. But I want to pray specifically for surrender. What does that word surrender mean to you right now? As you're listening to me speak, I feel like the Holy Spirit's always moving in moments like this, always showing, always helping, always trying to guide us to where we need to go. But what does surrender look like for you? I hit on a couple of things. Maybe it's relationships. Where it's just like, man, I just need to surrender this thing. Maybe it's material things. When Jesus was speaking to the rich young ruler, he was hitting him right where he needed to go, told him exactly what he needed to hear. But what did he not do? He didn't surrender. So maybe it's material things. Maybe it's spiritual things. Maybe it's just there's something getting in the way. Maybe you've just been so busy with work. You've allowed that to come between you and God. I just wonder today if you would just be able to say, hey, God, I just surrender it to you. I give it to you. From the deepest place of who I am, God, in my heart of hearts, I surrender to you. Take me deeper, Lord. So with every head bowed, why don't you just right now ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do I need to surrender right now? What does this look like for me? I want to go deeper. And I believe the Holy Spirit will show you right now exactly what it is, exactly what needs to go online as well. Why don't you do this wherever you're at? Why don't you just take a moment, close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to surrender? And when you know what that thing is, you just lift up your hand. You just shoot it up nice and high. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're ministering right now, that you're showing us, you're helping us. You're guiding us, you're counseling us, you're convicting us, you're convincing us of the love of the Father. God, I just pray right now that you would just help. Give us the courage, give us the strength, give us the grace, Lord, to surrender the things in our lives that sometimes we hold on tightly to. Father, we want to declare like what Paul said, our hearts are wide open, Lord. So Father, we just say right now, we're wide open to you. We give you the innermost things, the deepest parts of our heart, Lord. Do the surgical work that's required, God, to remove the things that don't need to be there. God, we pray right now that you'd remove idols in Jesus' name. Father, we pray right now that you would remove the chains that hold us back in Jesus' name. God, help us to remove the things, the material possessions. The, the comforts of this world, God, I pray that you would remove them in Jesus' name. Come on, let's lift our hands together. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it? We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.